1: hey friends and welcome back to the podcast today we'll be going through relationships and money
2: that's why i'm i'm on Kuni, your boyfriend or oh, <laughs> fiance now
1: yeah fiance
2: yes, i think you want to do the podcast before the wedding
1: the podcast before the wedding
2: just to make sure we're aligned financially. Before. That's
1: true. We're gonna, I'm gonna grill Pablo on all these questions, so it will be really exciting. No, But in all seriousness, I think that relationships and money, it's such an important topic, and it's really important to be on the same page with your partner when it comes to finances, because the choice that you make with who you're with as a partner is one of the biggest choices that you'll ever have to make. So you wanna make sure that you're both moving in the right direction, regarding your finances.
2: Yeah, and so very big like taboo topic, you know, many people talk about, you know, sex, they talk about holidays, they talk about so many things, but they don't really talk about money with each other as a couple. And that's something I think that needs to change.
1: I think so too, I think so too.
2: And maybe after this episode, you can sit down with your partner and have a money talk.
1: Yeah, yeah, I hope, I hope for everyone listening to this podcast, so
2: So what are we gonna discuss today?
1: We're going to be discussing the first date, holidays with your partner, moving in together, investing, marriage, kids, and all of the things after after that come after marriage. So let's get straight into it.
2: All right, I'm ready.
1: Okay, so first date. Money can be a bit awkward on the first date, can't it?
2: It can, like you never know like who has to pay or who will be paying, you know, it's always awkward. And I think for us, it was pretty fun because we split the bill.
1: Yeah, we did. We did. Do you you usually split the bill on the first day with other dates?
2: I haven't had many dates. Why are you looking at me like (laughs) this?
1: Oh, family.
2: It depends, you know. Uh, But I guess coffee, you know, like it's not too expensive to pay for the other person. So it won't really matter. But I think it's good that we set some good boundaries and uh, set some... Yes, some good start in the relationship.
1: Yeah, I guess it depends on the couple. I think some people would want to be paid for. I still know some women that would want to be paid for, but I also know some women that would like to pay as well. And it just depends on the person.
2: Yeah, I think it depends on how the date is set up, you know, who engaged the first date and things like that. See, obviously, if both people want to date, but maybe the, one of the person decide on the place and, the date and all these things. And maybe that person, whether that's a uh, woman or the man, will be more likely to pay because they want to go there. They investigate, it. they study the date, right?
1: Yeah, it is interesting how things do change over time, isn't it?
2: Yeah, that would be interesting to know. I think we'll add in the notes. So if you write us on Instagram, like what uh, you've done in dates and you usually pay for it, does your part, you expect the other person to pay for it and that would be interesting to know.
1: Yeah, yeah, it is interesting. Okay, so holidays, what do you think about holidays?
2: Yeah, holidays is an interesting one. I think we had our first holiday after maybe three, four months of uh, relationship and went to Bali.
1: I remember that, I remember that. Yeah, I did not have that much money because I was like 18 and I had saved up some money from working in retail, working at McDonald's and various jobs that I had. But yeah, man, travel can be really, really expensive. So that's something I think to talk about before. How are you going to split expenses? What are you going to do? A really great app that we love using is called Splitwise. Splitwise is honestly such a game changer because basically if you go on holidays with your friends or with your partner, it can be really awkward to split the bill with your friends and with your partner. And sometimes you can forget who pays for what You know, like maybe your partner pays for drinks one night. Maybe you get dinner. Maybe your friends buy the accommodation. Maybe you book the flights. It can get really messy really quickly. And that's why I really love using this app called Splitwise because everybody can basically put in the expenses that they've made on the holiday. And it just basically adds it all up at the end of the trip. And it even does different currencies. So let's say, for example, you book flights in... Australian dollars or US dollars, but then you go somewhere overseas and they use a different currency and your friend pays for drinks overseas or your partner pays for drinks overseas and it's a different currency, then yeah, it all calculates it for you.
2: Yeah, it's good. And I think holidays can be important, you know, to decide the destination because uh, very, depending on the destination and how long, it's going to be a different cost. And, you know, at the beginning, maybe both partners uh, don't earn the same money. So if you go to an expensive location and one of the two person makes a lot more money and the other person cannot afford it, that can be a bit awkward. So going into a destination that both parties can afford and maybe discuss before and then create a budget, that can be a good idea. Yeah. We're actually going to Vegas and uh, Mexico next week or the week after, and you created a budget, Kuni.
1: Yeah, because I just want to make sure that we don't overspend cuz it can get easy to overspend when you're booking travel. You might think, "Oh, you know, maybe we'll just get the more expensive room. Maybe we'll just go to the more expensive hotel." And before you know it, you've blown out your holiday budget. So, what I like to do is set myself like a and set ourselves like a daily budget. So, I'll usually Google how much it costs to travel in a location and then I'll try to work within that budget and maybe even set a bit of a lower budget than what people usually spend and then try to do all of our activities and everything like within that budget or even lower than the average budget because yeah, there are definitely ways you can save money on travel.
2: Yeah, you can and you can even ask like maybe ChatGPT to create like a travel plan within your budget and your dates. But also another website that we use and like doing is Numbeo. And it tells you basically based on the location, it's like crowdsourced data that tells you how much you will spend on each of the stuff. So accommodation, food, restaurants for two people or for four people. And that's a good way to understand do you how much you're gonna spend at each location so you can decide on the right location and create your budget based on the real data?
1: Yeah, it is very true because I think we've had usually pretty good holidays. I do remember this one place, Copenhagen, we went to. And yeah, we just did not realise how expensive it is to travel around Copenhagen. And I still remember we were like renting a room in an Airbnb. So we didn't have our own place. It was just a room in like a shared Airbnb. And, you know, Copenhagen's really safe. So we didn't have any problems there. But I just remember getting the bus to and from this Airbnb into the city and the bus was already like $25. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's just a bus and it's $25. And we got some sandwiches and hot chocolates at this cafe. And I'm not even joking. When I did the maths and converted it, we spent like $75 on two hot chocolates and two sandwiches. I really felt ripped off. And (laughs) I mean, it would be fine if you're traveling there and, you know, you've set out your budget, you know how much it costs. But for us at the time, we didn't have that much money. So it was a very stressful experience when you're traveling somewhere that you can't really afford.
2: Yeah, exactly. We were recommended to go there. It was nice, but really like out of our budget for a long period of holiday. And that blew our budget with not that much value. So that's why we tried to go tend to go like cheaper places. So it's like we can stay longer and enjoy longer holidays without breaking the bank.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like uh, some really cool places we went were Thailand. Thailand is amazing. Yeah, you can get so much value for money over there. Beautiful country and also very safe. I felt very safe there.
2: Thailand was great. Yeah, We had some good times and it wasn't too expensive. We also tried to stay with friends. So you know, make friends overseas or make friends that are coming to your country or your city. And, you know, expand. that can be very useful. And it's nice to explore the city with uh, locals. We went to Amsterdam, actually, and you went twice, right? The first time was by yourself on a Contiki tour. And last year we went and we stayed at our friend's place. And that was such different experience.
1: Yeah, we saved money because accommodation is one of the most expensive costs when you're traveling. And it was really fun because our friends were taking us to all the cool places in Amsterdam. It was like we saw a new side to it. And I think it's also nice, like, for example, my cousin is coming over from Singapore next week. He's actually coming the day before we leave to go to the U.S. And he's going to be staying in our place. And then when we go to the U.S., we're actually going to Mexico as well. We're staying in a friend's place there. So it's kind of nice. It's like we're helping my cousin out. He gets free accommodation. We get free accommodation in Mexico and LA when we travel. You know, what goes around comes around.
2: Yeah, exactly. Like always pay it forward and it comes around. Like there's the karma. I mean, it's, you know, very woo -woo and everything, but it just like happens.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
2: And by the way, like before we go into the next chapter, which is moving together, make sure if you enjoy this podcast give us like a good ratings. We'd love to read some more ratings from Apple Podcasts or Spotify on this podcast and hear from you.
1: Read some reviews. I want to see what you're thinking because it's a bit hard because we don't know. We can't see your faces. We don't know what you think.
2: Yeah. We'd love to see that. Yeah. So moving in together, Queenie.
1: Yeah. Moving in together. This is a really big step in any relationship. And it's a good way to get to a deeper level of intimacy with your partner to really understand what they're like to live with, if this is somebody that you actually want to settle down with, or maybe if you've just maybe not really looking to go that way in the future. Who knows? But moving in together is really, really important. And I think before you move in together, it's important to talk about how you're going to split the finances and what you would like to do and also share what your incomes are. I know it can be a little bit awkward, but I think that it's a great first step because you can work out exactly what your incomes are, work out what a fair split is and what works for you as a couple. And just remember that this can always change in the future.
2: Yeah, I think it's important to know, you know where you're at, not just like going blindly with like, oh yeah, they can afford it or yeah, I can afford it and not know the other half of the relationship. So it's really important that you both are on the same page and when you search a place to rent or anything, you know, oh, that's how much we can afford because you want to try to get something around like 30%, let's say, of your total income and spend that in the rent.
1: Yeah, yeah, about 30% of your rent, um 30% of your income for housing and accommodation. And that will just allow you to live a bit more of a comfortable life not having to stress so much about, you know, having to cut back every expense because your housing costs are really high because housing is often the most expensive part of the budget. So if you can save even $10 a week, $10 a week on your housing costs, that adds up to a lot of money by the end of the year. So $10 a week, that would add up to $500 a year. What could you do with an extra $500? Probably a lot. So if you can save even a little bit of money in your budget on housing costs, that can go a long way.
2: Yeah, it can. And what's interesting in Australia is that the rent is actually a weekly rent. You know, most other countries that say it's like a monthly rent, but in Australia they do it weekly. So you think you're paying less.
1: It seems cheaper, but it's not.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's how they trick you.
1: Yeah, and then you you don't really see how much more expensive other places are because if you look at it weekly, you think, oh, it's only an extra $50. But 50 times 4 is $200 a month extra. So, yeah, something to keep in mind.
2: And, yeah, when we moved in together, like, we were really looking at, okay, that's how much you earn, that's how much I earn, and that's how much we can afford. And at the beginning, we did, like, split and at the beginning we split 50 50 and that was probably not the right thing but what we did is after maybe a month and see okay well couldn't you have no money left over in the budget to buy food or to do anything we then split by expenses uh, by income
1: Yeah, yeah. Doing a percentage split can be really, really useful. And it all just depends on what you prefer to do as a couple. There's no right or wrong answer. So take everything we say with a grain of salt. And I think it's just important to know about different ways that people are doing it and then see what's right for you.
2: Yeah, it's important to do a budget, I guess. How much you're going to spend on rent, how much on the grocery and other things. And then what you're going to combine and how you're going to split it. And then what are you going to keep separate? Because it's always good to still keep your own bank account and your own money that you can do whatever you want to do with.
1: Exactly, exactly.
2: What will you spend your money like? What's your splurge, Queen? Mm. I mean, I already know, but tell what? the audience. What is it? I know. You like makeup. You like clothes. You like uh, travel. but We do like travel together. But yeah. I think for you, your splurge is maybe like uh, skincare mm-hmm. and then the clothes. Nice. What would you say?
1: Yeah, I'd say like beauty stuff. Yeah, probably more beauty stuff. I do spend money on clothes, not very often. I'd buy something new maybe once every couple of months, but I do spend quite a lot on my clothes because I I like buying really nice, good quality things that I'll just wear forever. If you've noticed on Instagram, I do often wear the same things over and over again because I got to get that cost per wear down.
2: Yeah, and I think you are the only one that knows that you are wearing the same thing over and over. People don't even notice. They're just too worried about what they wear. We were listening to this podcast or this book, and then it was this person was talking about this woman that was worried about the dress that she wore, and then he asked her, "Do you remember what other people wore that night?" and she had no idea, and it's the same thing with us. We're gonna remember maybe what we wear, but we have no idea what other people were wearing uh when we go out, so we are much more worried about others ourselves than others.
1: Yeah, it's very, very true.
2: And if you buy it online, like one thing that we really like using is cash reward and shop back, And you can get like basically like 5 to 10%. Like we recently actually booked our holidays and got 9% cash back on our hotel.
1: Yeah, really good tips. So you can use the links below. And Pablo, what's your splurge?
2: My splurge, I think, is sports. Why are <laughs> you laughing?
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but I ju- that's how I justify it. You know, I got recently like a surfboard to go surfing some new gloves for boxing. And that's part of the workout, you know, that's part of health, sports slash health. So it's a longevity thing.
1: Right, yeah, the boxing gloves, they're gonna make you live longer.
2: They're actually gonna make my wrist not hurt as much. So, you know, instead of having like to go to a physio, I'm not gonna go to a physio.
1: Nice, that's great. That's great, Pablo. Yeah,
2: so that's how I justify it. And then obviously travel and we travel together. We try to save money using like points. And all our flights this year are booked with sponsors, so we save a lot of money.
1: Yeah, we save so much money. Because I think flights and accommodation, that's usually the big cost. So if you can reduce those when you're travelling, your money can stretch so much further.
2: It can. And that's why I think it's also good to be two people, because you can have one maybe finding cheaper accommodation, the other one looking at flights and then save money together.
1: Exactly, exactly.
2: Because a dollar save is more than a dollar earn.
1: It is, it is. Because when you think about it, if you earn a dollar, you're not really earning that full dollar because you have to pay taxes on it. But if you save a dollar, because the amount that you're saving is already after taxes, it's essentially like you're saving more than a dollar because, you know, the taxes have already been taken out. So something to consider.
2: Yeah, great. Great. So now you moved in together, you are happy splitting the 50-50 or whatever it is that you're comfortable. What's next? Investing?
1: <laughs> What's next? Investing?
2: <laughs> yes. Investing. <laughs> I can read the notion board. That's investing. That's the next bullet point.
1: Did you answer your question? I answer my question.
2: <laughs> okay, I, don't I need know the answer. This podcast. I
1: know the answer. Investing. <laughs> that was
2: too fast. You missed uh, missed the answer. I was too fast. (laughs) Investing.
1: (laughs) So, investing, I think this is really good to do if you do have a budget that works for you. You're consistently able to put aside some money each month from your income. Maybe, and you do also have an emergency fund, something else really important to do. An emergency fund is usually three to six months of living expenses saved in cash in a high interest savings account. So you do have some money set aside just in case something happens. So let's say, for example, if you lose your job or your partner loses their job, you have some money saved aside. But if you've done all of those things, maybe consider investing.
2: Yeah, I think the way we started investing is actually like separate. Like, uh, we had like each our uh, brokerage or like a uh, robot advisor investor, like separate. And then, after like maybe a couple of months, and we were like both investing together, and we had this goal of buying a house together or an apartment, not yet a house. We started like pulling our finances together, and then we're like, what you can do is create like a joint investing account and then we're both depositing to it. And why are you laughing, Kuni?
1: I'm still thinking about (laughs) you saying, what's next, investing? Investing,
2: yes, (laughs) still investing. So yeah, that's what we did. And I think that works well because you want to be able to be first confident in your investing abilities and things like that. But then it's also good to have a partner. And, uh, you know, that you see your money growing two times as fast or faster than you'll do it by yourself. And it's good to to be accountable.
1: It sure is. And I think it can also help motivate both of you because you are investing together. Hopefully you can get to your goals even faster. Um, But if you do want to keep your account separate, that's also fine too because understandable if you do want to keep your funds separate, not quite sure yet, totally understand. It is up to you at the end of the day. I think something also important to mention is when we first got together, Pablo and I didn't have much money in savings. We didn't have any investments. So when we moved in together, we really did not like, it's not like one person had a lot more money than the other person. We probably both had negative net worths at the time because we both had student loans. So it's not like one person had heaps of assets and was a lot wealthier than another person. And that's, I think, one of the reasons why we decided to, I guess, combine our finances, set up a joint bank account, but we still have our own separate bank accounts, and then also combine our brokerages so that we're investing together. But if you do have one partner that, let's say, has assets from outside of the relationship, I understand that maybe you wouldn't want to join finances like too quickly. Something that you could also have a look into is a binding financial agreement. So it's essentially like a prenup and it's basically, yeah, binding financial agreement. The name is what it is. (laughs) So that's something that you can look into.
0: Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite.
2: Yeah, it's interesting because I think in Australia, you are de facto like uh, after two years of living together?
1: Yeah. Yeah, when I was studying law, Basically, one thing that we learned is if you're with your partner for more than two years living in the same place, you're essentially married in the eyes of the law. So your partner is entitled to 50% of what you own. So that's something to keep in mind as well. So, you know, if you are considering moving in together, one person does have a lot more assets than the other person in the relationship, maybe look at a binding financial agreement.
2: Yeah, definitely something to consider. And yeah, investing, I guess, it can be like separate together. But just, I guess, you need to both be comfortable with it. It it needs to be like feeling right.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because ideally, you want to grow together. And you want to be going in the same direction, you know. You don't have to be exactly the same and have exactly the same values and exactly the same goals. Like Pablo and I definitely have our differences in what we like to spend our money on. But I think for the big things, like we do have the same similar financial goals that we have together. So I think it is important to work that out.
2: Yeah, and also the risk investment profiles, you know, like uh, there is different type of risk and people investing in safe assets and not safe or more volatile assets. And if you both are on the same page, that's great. But maybe some people are more crypto and some people are more very safe investment. And that can be, you know, you don't want all your partner to put, let's put YOLO on crypto and then be like, okay, well, I don't want that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's funny. I think that what what was interesting the other day was like Pablo and I, because we obviously run this business together. And something interesting about our personalities is for me, I'm a little bit more safe when it comes to the business and running the business. I'm I'm a little bit more hesitant to take on more new hires or increase the business expenses as much. Whereas Pablo is like, we need to hire more people, we need to get an office, we need to make all these expenses. And we're thinking about it because I think sometimes it does cause a bit of conflict because I'm a bit like, oh, I don't want to increase the expenses that much. And Pablo is like, we need to grow the business and ex- increase the expenses. But we're thinking about it from another perspective that, It's actually a good thing it's actually a good thing if you do have two people that are on you know different ends of the spectrum because it means that you can meet in the middle and you're not going to go too extreme either way because I think if we went too extreme in my direction you know our business wouldn't really grow we wouldn't really improve day to day but if we went too extreme in Pablo's direction maybe we would burn through too much money too quickly so it's important to meet in the middle find a balance
2: Yeah, exactly. It's actually good to have the yin and the yang because then you have the the best of both worlds.
1: Exactly, exactly.
2: Yeah, and if you are looking to start investing, we actually just launched a course with Rask.
1: Yeah, we have. It's a beginner investing course. It takes you through all of the things and steps that you need to know before you make your first investment in the stock market. And it's available for $99. You can check it out in our show notes.
2: Nice. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. So... Marriage.
1: Marriage, yeah. Pablo actually asked me to marry him. Well, he didn't actually ask. I stayed silent. (laughs) Yeah, what what happened, Pablo?
2: I just got a knee, you know, that's good enough.
1: Why didn't you say anything?
2: lost my words.
1: Oh, did you have anything prepared?
2: Just like you, I had the plan prepared, but not really what I had to ask prepared. So maybe that's why. That was the last step. You, was on the notebook.
1: You weren't prepared to say anything? Well you didn't think about it?
2: I did not think about it.
1: Oh, Pablo. Yeah, <laughs> he was, was really fun. cute. <laughs> he didn't say anything. Yeah, but I we still were, said yes.
2: Yeah, we worked in Singapore like last year where Queenie's family is from. Oh, most of her family lives there now. And yeah, that was an uh, interesting proposal. We went like early to this like gardens by the bay, where they have like all indoor garden and uh, this altar and that's what I proposed we got this guy okay we do like content so we had this person we gave them the the camera and they did like oh can you do a photo and I just press record on the camera and then we like get ready and stuff and then I got the backpack like really stressed and sweaty (laughs) and I got the ring out wrong side around and then get on the knee and say nothing
1: (laughs) yeah. <laughs> Knife never goes perfectly, does it?
2: No, exactly. Fun, fun thing that we actually lost the footage afterwards.
1: We did, yeah. It was a bit sad. The file got corrupted. But you know what? It's still up here in the noggin.
2: Exactly. In the big noggin. Yeah, The big noggin.
1: <laughs> Probably didn't know what noggin meant.
2: Well, it's not really a famous word in France.
1: I know, but it's funny <laughs> cuz I was trying to explain it to him and it's a bit of a funny word to explain.
2: Yeah, why is what's the story of nugget? Why is I it coming from? No idea.
1: From? We'll find out. We'll let you know. As well. But it's anyway, a
2: like nuggets, so you know like
1: nuggets, nugget, yeah. I mean. It's true. Yeah, so marriage, I think marriage is a big commitment. Obviously, emotionally and financially. It can be quite expensive to get married to have a big wedding. Marriage itself isn't very expensive because you can get a marriage certificate for I think I don't know exactly how much it costs, but it would definitely be less than $500 depending on where you live. But the thing that can be expensive are weddings. So that's something to plan for if you are planning to have a wedding. Financially, how are you going to split the split the expenses? What kind of wedding would you like to do? And, yeah, figure it out from there.
2: Yeah, because I guess after we did our big trip and we were engaged, we were like, okay, the next step, you know, get married and have a wedding. And then we were like, you know, maybe like $30,000 is going to cost for something all up. And then we started talking to people and talking to people. And we were like increasing, like 60, 70, 100k, right? Where are these numbers coming from? Like how people are spending that much money on weddings?
1: I know, yeah, we spoke to a few people and it seems like the average for where we live is anywhere from seventy to a hundred thousand dollars, which is a lot of money. So yeah, we're deciding to put that on hold for now. Pablo and I are already legally de facto because uh, Pablo and I are actually on a partnership visa together. So we had to sign a lot of paperwork a while ago. So we are legally de facto. So all of our assets are shared. So it's like we're technically married on paper anyway. Um, But yeah, we're just deciding to have the wedding a little bit later and officially get married a little bit later, actually after kids. And I think that, you know, I was thinking about it because we were a bit stressed planning our wedding getting through all the expenses. And what I realized was that if I have kids and they were going through what I was going through, I wouldn't want them to have to think that they had to spend a lot of money and had to do it the way that everybody else does it. I mean, we're not particularly religious. Pablo and I are, I guess, agnostic. We don't know if there's a God out there. Maybe there is, maybe there isn't. And it's not really, a wedding isn't really super, super important to us. So that's the reason why we didn't have it. I understand that people are different. Everyone's different. Everyone's families and circumstances are different. But yeah, the way that it was for us, we just realized that it wasn't really a big priority for us. And I wouldn't want my kids to have to think that they needed to do that as well. So that's the reason why we decided we'll wait till after kids.
2: Yeah, we'll wait. And there also actually we found some cheaper option to get married. So obviously you can just do the paperwork, but there are also like micro weddings that the government offers. And basically you just go like on Google, like search micro weddings and it can be like maybe other country can do it than Australia. And you can get married like for under like $5,000 or up with a reception for up to 35 people.
1: Yeah, so that's a really, really great option. Um, have a look at micro weddings. I know they actually do them in other places around the world. But micro weddings are a really great option if you have less than 35 people and you're not looking to have a big wedding and you still want it in a beautiful place. So that's a really great budget friendly wedding option. Yeah,
2: I guess you can start making, you know, enemies in your family and in your friends and then start reducing your secret of friends. So that way you are like 35 people and then you can do the micro wedding.
1: exactly
2: it's like why is Queenie so mean to me (laughs) she's just trying to get married
1: (laughs) that's true that's true
2: nice so after a wedding or before whenever like kids now and we're actually planning to get kids probably next year
1: yeah we are it's exciting and I'm taking supplements and so is Pablo Apparently, it's a good idea to take them, like supplements, before you have kids. So that's all we're doing.
2: Yeah, because apparently the food that we eat is not as nutritious than it used to be. And that's why you need to have those like uh, supplements to uh, be healthy.
1: Yeah, exactly. Folate is a really important one for women. But yeah, it is really, really exciting. I think that kids will come with all... A lot of other expenses that some that we're probably not even thinking about right now, but we'll let you know on the journey how it goes, how we figure it out.
2: Yeah, we'll have to have like buy and bulk all these like, you know, napis and all this stuff. And I guess try to be like more sustainable. I think we have this friend, Gabe, that also make content and has a podcast and YouTube channel, but all of the, he recently got a baby with his partner and all his clothes, I think for his baby are like uh, donated clothes because they grow up like so quickly.
1: Yeah, exactly. So you could go shopping on places like Facebook Marketplace for baby clothes. You could get them from friends or family members and even searching, I guess, different op shops or vintage stores and things like that for baby clothes because, yeah, you shouldn't need to spend heaps of money on brand new clothes if they are going to grow out of them.
2: Exactly, you know, because they're going to be like, small and then grow bigger. So they won't need these clothes for much longer after you buy them.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And also childcare. Childcare subsidies are really interesting one as well. Um, I've seen people talking about them a lot these days because they can be really, really expensive, especially if you do have more than one kid. So that's also something to consider as well. So who would like to take on the childcare responsibilities or if you'd like to split it 50-50 and work it out from there. I think it's a really interesting conversation to have with your partner.
2: Yeah, it's really interesting. Actually, there's this show on Netflix, I Will Teach You To Be Rich and there is this couple and the man actually takes care of the kids at home and I think it's great to see more of this coming but then he was frustrated because he doesn't feel valued what, is what he's doing.
1: Yeah, it is interesting because I feel like his frustrations is, are probably the same frustrations that a lot of women have—that um, you know leave the work workforce in order to take care of children. And yeah, it is interesting to hear his perspective as well because it—I guess it is just the nature of the world that we live in, unfortunately people that do choose to take care of the kids, which is a really important role in itself. Like you're raising the next generation. It's a shame that that role in our society isn't valued as much as working in a job and getting paid for it, you know? Like I, I, I really do think it's, it's such an important role.
2: Yeah, for sure. And what's interesting, I think you showed me that study, Queenie, that, you know, you think that kids you are going to spend a lot more money than if you don't have kids. And obviously you are, but what was interesting in the study is that actually parents don't spend more on average in a lifetime or don't have much investment.
1: Yeah, yeah, it is super interesting. So um, we, there's a study and they, they looked at married couples with kids versus couples that, versus couples that didn't have kids and the couples with no kids and the couples with kids, they essentially had a similar amount of assets by the end of their lifetime. So I think it really goes to shows that even though kids are obviously more expensive, more costs involved, most people end up spending most of their money anyway. So whether or not you have kids or you don't have kids – you know, most people end up spending most of their money anyway and you figure it out. You end up like learning how to work within your budget and figuring it out. So, yeah, I think that's one thing that we've noticed. Um, I would also like to mention, so whoever decides to, if they, you know, if one person does want to take on most of the childcare responsibilities, something good that you can do for your partner, if one is working and the other one is uh, taking on more of a carer responsibility, is you can have the partner who is working to co-contribute to your superannuation or your retirement savings. And you can actually get subsidies from the government for that. So I think that's really important because obviously if one spouse isn't working, that can really impact how much money they can retire with. So if you've got the other partner supplementing the super or the retirement savings that they're not earning, I think that's a really good thing because there is a really big super gap in Australia, and I think in most countries around the world, retirement savings between men and women, the gap is really, really huge. And a lot of it is because a lot of women do choose to take time out of the workforce and take care of families. So, yeah, I think that's a good way, a good step in the right direction so that we can minimise that gender gap and that retirement savings gap.
2: Yeah, really well said, Queenie. So let's just recap on what we just said today.
1: Yeah, so if you are... On a first date, I think it's important to let the other person know upfront how you would like to split things. I think that can also remove some of that awkwardness at the beginning of the date.
2: Yeah, great. And if you are going on holiday with your partner, you know, check the location, see what's, how you're going to split the bill then. And if you've put the money together, you know, make sure that both parties can afford and are happy with the way that it's going to be split.
1: Yeah, moving in together. Discuss how you'd like to split finances and what kind of how you would like to do it essentially. Investing, it's important to get on the same page when it comes to your financial goals for the future. Marriage, and if you do want to get married or have a de facto relationship, I think it's important to discuss how you want to split finances and potentially if you would like to put in a prenup or a non binding financial agreement kids, kids can be really expensive. So I think it is important to also make a plan before you have kids about what you can afford and the different costs that may come into your life after kids.
2: Great recap when you love that episode, you know, we're still together after this podcast. So that's great.
1: (laughs) We sure are. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure you leave us a review so we can read them on the next episode. And thank you so much for listening.